Hello, welcome to Wide Left Sports. Today, I am joined by former Billing Scarlet and current Phoenix College baseball player, Jaron Wilcox. How are you doing this morning, Jared? I'm good, Will. I'm good. How are you? How's, how's today treating you? You know, it's treating me pretty good. Got up this morning and got ready for your interview, so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, where are you now and what are you up to? Yeah. Oh. Hang on a second. Let me really on. Okay, sorry. So I'm currently I'm currently at Phoenix College. I'm the catcher down there. So awesome. So are you going there for generals and then going to move on to a four year, or are you going there for an associate's degree to move on to a four year? So I got I did my generals last year. And I I'm going into what I'm going to do for the next my next four year, which is criminal justice. Awesome. So yeah. Awesome. So you know. How were you recruited to Phoenix College? So I was, I got, I got into contact with this guy that was named Jeff Fallon and he knew every single baseball coach in the entire country. And I was pretty set on playing baseball year round and Arizona was just the right fit. So I went on every visit. I went to every JUCO in that conference and visit every school except for one. And it was the last day I was leaving and I got a text from a Phoenix number and it was coach Kimball. And he sent me all this uh, prior like achievements and what he's doing with the program. And then I'm like, Oh, that sounds interesting coach. Um, I'm actually leaving the day. And then I found out right after that, that he's from great falls, Montana. So I'm like, you know, it's pretty, and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to have to make another trip down here and, I did, and it was the right fit, and I signed with them, and that's where I'm currently at. You know, when you said the last name Kimball, I wondered if he was related to all the Kimballs in this area. <laughs> yeah, no, I asked him, and he's not. He's It's weird. But, you know, his best friend's Kelly Dara. Really? Yeah, they grew up together. Oh, that's too funny with him being the West High coach. Yeah. So, after community college, where would be your dream college? Dream college. Um, there's a, I've got a handful of them, but the one that looks the best to me right now is UT Arlington. It's a D1 in Fort Worth. I've been in – I went and worked out for a guy in Texas over the summer, and he was – that was his former school, and we got in contact with them, and it seems like a legit program. But if I had to choose my dream school, it would probably be like Coastal Carolina or Appalachian State or University of Texas. But UT Arlington is a good program, so hopefully that will – that's where all the sticks fall and I end up there. That's awesome, man. So um, what teams do you play in your conference there with Phoenix? So I play – so Central Arizona is the number one D1 Juco in the entire nation. We play them all year round. We play South Mountain, who has guys go to, like, TCU and all this other stuff. And Central has a kid that's going to Tennessee. So we play a lot of SEC-bound kids. And then we have all the other D2s we play, which is like Mesa. And they're always nationally ranked. And we and all like Paradise Valley, Glendale. We, we stay in our conference, which is just in Phoenix. And we play the D1s that are just outside of town. So it's not too far of a bus ride. All right. That was going to be my next question. Because like I know that like Salt Lake Community College is pretty good up in Utah. I didn't know yeah. if you played them at all. No, we don't. We, uh, 
we don't we don't get the chance to we usually have a tournament at the end like the beginning of february that has like where bryce harper went to school all those big schools like you end up playing them but they didn't do it this year because of the covid yeah but so we usually end up do playing them but we didn't this year well that's too bad so with you being a catcher um you know this they're notorious for having bad knees oh your knees have been pretty healthy throughout your career how have you been able to keep them healthy uh just the different stances instead of just being in that upright like secondary position ready to throw i can go to a knee or even throw a lay down and kind of do the split so i don't know wear and tear on the knees and i do a lot of hot yoga and that's what actually is that's that's the i'm telling you it's the key to staying healthy wow i would have never guessed hot yoga would be the thing to do oh it's 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 the hidden trick huh so what's that like because i've heard that it is just awful being in a hot yoga room it's 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 about as terrible as sitting outside in negative native weather, but it's just hot and muggy and you're moving around and you just can't breathe. But at the end of it, you feel good and it does a job. So, Oh, that's awesome. So would you say that your preferred stance is the leg out or? Yeah. When there's nobody on the leg out and I've gotten, I've been practicing. I've gotten able to go to one knee with a guy on first and being able to throw out of that position and block and be agile but that's still in the works, but yeah, preferred ones to leg out. That's awesome. So I know you had said when we were talking that you're going to be playing summer ball this year. Yeah. Uh, where is your team and how did you get into that? So they're called the Colorado Springs outlaws and Mitch Smith, who's a coach at Bellevue, which is a nationally known NAIA baseball program. And him and my dad, they grew up together and he, this is the first time our family has ever had a kid go as far, like in a level that I'm at for baseball or any type of sport. And we don't really know how to do anything. So we asked him and he got me in contact with coach Dougie at uh, this program and felt like the right decision. And I'm in a pretty place. I don't have to go to like somewhere that's flat and not the best to look at. And I'm in the middle of the mountains, which is nothing better than that. So. Oh, that's always great. Isn't it? Yeah. Oh yeah. It's the best. For sure. So, you know, you said that a lot of the JUCO players you're playing against go to D1. Do you see any D1 recruits coming down and playing for you guys? Yeah. So, a matter of fact, we just got a kid. His name is Jonah Giblin. He's from he's from Seattle area. He was an Oregon State guy. Wow. He just transferred to our team. And but wow. the Central Arizona, they get that break. They get a whole bunch of D1 dudes come play for them because they're number one in the nation. They they have a lot of, they have a lot of different like options that they can go out of that school. They're a great program, and we see a ton of D one dudes come back into our in our conference. So how hard is that with you know? I mean, you were a recruit for the JUCO. How hard yeah. is that to adjust to people then just coming down? And I would assume, kind of getting a spot because they were a D one recruit. I mean, well, how our school's set up? If you're there and you put the work in and you put the time in, he's going to consider who's better. But in the end of the day, it's who can play the best and I we don't have any D1 guys come back that are in my position but there's some schools that it happens and you see these kids that bust their butt for the four months that they're down here and the hottest weather and the hardest time to play baseball oh yeah and then they have that D1 guy come back and he takes it because he's a better ball player what happens but I mean end of the day it's who's going to win the ball game for him 
So. Oh, for sure. So now I want to go back a little bit to your playing days as a Scarlet and here back in Billings. <laughs> yeah. So what was your favorite memory as a Scarlet? Oh, there's a ton. I've got a couple, but probably beating Bozeman on that night game with a freshman pitching. We ended up beating them. You know, I think every single Scarlet I've talked to has said that exact same game. Oh, it was the greatest feeling ever. It was the greatest feeling ever, especially how they they won state before, and we got their we got one of their better guys on their on the bump, and we came out and flat out beat them. It was a great game, for and, sure. I don't yeah. know what it is about Bozeman, but besides the Royals Scarlet rivalry, Bozeman oh, yeah. is that rival that just both teams want to beat. Oh yeah, I mean it's more of it's not like I mean I've talked to like there's a kid in my conference that's from Bozeman. He was a catcher of my age, and he's in my we play him and. It's not like I hate the kid or any of the kids on my team. It's just the name. It's just right. Like we got to beat them. Yeah. Well, and I think Billings has that same reputation around the whole state. It's like, oh, God, Billings is coming to town. Let's beat the crap yeah. out of them. I mean, both, of, both teams definitely have that reputation of winning ball games. So we're always, no matter what team you're on, you're always going to get the best guy on there on that day. And it's just how every Billings team has played it. We're always going to get the best guy. We're going to get the best team and helps us. But for sure. Uh, so, you know, you played against, I know you're good friends with Chase Hinckley and oh, yeah. a couple other guys that are on the blue side. What was it like playing against those guys that you grew up playing with? I mean, there's, it definitely has its pros and cons. I mean, the pros, you know, like, you know that you're going to be friends with them after the game, but right now in between those, those two white lines, you have to go at them. But, I mean, there's been a couple times where I've done some things to my buddies that I'll never forget. Like, I hit a home run off Brendan Concepcion in the first time we played them. And, I mean, me and Hinkley were both really loud guys on the field and we're both really competitive. So there's a couple times where we go at each other, but after the game we're like, hey, you know, great game. But, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't trade it for the world knowing each other, like knowing each guy that's wearing that blue jersey and just knowing what you've been through with them and then going to the – going to, play against them there's no better feeling oh for sure it's kind of cool that they do that here in Billings you know I mean you could play with a guy all these years and then you're friends with them on the other team it's really cool I think no yeah I mean I did with Hinkley I played I played baseball with Hinkley ever since I was probably around 10 we were on the <laughs> same little league team forever we were we started our first ever travel team I believe we were on the same team wow I mean yeah we me and Hinkley play a lot of baseball together so were you on the 12 year old team that won TOCs with Hinkley? Yeah, I was a catcher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What was Dale like as a coach? Oh, if you can remember. Yeah. Dale as a coach was, he was a great coach. He was him and my, so it was him and my dad that were coaching. They're both brilliant tens. And I'll never forget when that final pitch was thrown. And sorry, that You're final fine. pitch was thrown. And both, both coaches were jumping up and screaming. I mean, it was, it was a great, it was a, he was a great coach. He was very into it. And he, yeah, he put me behind the dish for the first time. He was the guy that let me catch. Wow. And yeah. And never taken the gear off since then. So I can always thank him for that. Oh, that's awesome. So what is it like playing in that Scarlet Royal rivalry? You know? Oh, it's the type of adrenaline that you, get maybe jumping out of an airplane maybe wow because 
it's the biggest game. A lot of people from the from Billings show up, and you just know that it's going to be a hard fought game. It's not going. It's not going to be easy. And if you if you win that game, it's the best feeling in the world. But if you lose it, it's the worst feeling in the world. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So you had mentioned in our talking that you coached last year on the red side. Yeah. What was that experience like? It was great. I mean, I got experience what a lot of coaches like have to go through. So I, so I came back late and I, my little brother was on post four and I was, and I went with my mom to watch mile city. And I realized that the coaching staff are both two former scholars that I played with and I'm really good friends with. And they asked me to sit in the dugout the next time we went and I stuck around for a little bit longer than I thought I was going to do, but it was, it was a great experience. I mean, I got to know a lot of kids and how our freshmen are going to be in our eighth graders and we were tough on them, but they're going to be, they're going to be pretty good here in a couple of years. That's awesome. So I actually had forgotten that there were two post four coaches. Now who's the red side post four coach. So last year it was, uh, it was uh, Samuel Barry. Oh, okay. Yeah. And now this year it's Paul Raker. Because Barry has to, Barry's going to get a job in Boston. He's got a big boy job coming. Oh, so wow. Coach. Yeah. Well, good for him. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah and, then, He's a guy. and then your good friend Chase is the blue side B team coach now. Yeah. So I got, so I got, I was thinking about taking the red side job when I came back and then I signed with Summer Ball. Yeah. But it would have been me and Hinkley coaching together and that would have been a, a freaking <laughs> rodeo if I would have ever seen one. So, oh man, that would have been fun to go watch. Oh, it would have been it would have been fun. It would have been intense for us too. Probably probably more intense for us too than the probably the kids. But yeah. So growing up, you've succeeded at a high level, you know, with your dad as your coach. Right. What did having him as a coach mean to you? I mean, there's probably another, not another guy in this whole state that pushes me harder and helps me get better myself, but he's also one of the most caring guys and he knows what to say at the right times, but he definitely knows what I have uh, in store. So when, when I have a game, you can tell that he's going to push me harder to get that out of me. And I wouldn't, and I wouldn't change it for the world. He's got me to where I'm at today. And he's just a great guy. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So would you say, or excuse me, who is your role model personally and in baseball? So personally, it'd probably be my dad. Because he does things to help our whole family, that it's just like, hey, I'm gonna do that. And then, and then he's just—I mean, he's just—he's just the type of guy that if you know him, I mean, you you know who he is. Like he's out there, he's a loud guy. Right. But once, but once you're in his circle, he's the most caring and genuine guy that you'll ever meet. He'll give you the shirt off his back. And I hope to be that someday. And then in baseball, probably Adam Boost. He probably—he's probably one of the bigger role models I got he's taught me how to play baseball the right way how to do things the right way and he's taught me some things catching that I'll never forget and, and he's just that type of guy that you're gonna go out there and oh, go out there and try to break your back for him pretty much he's just that type of guy oh definitely so I asked this question to Feralio and I want to ask it to you too Adam has been at the head of the Scarlets for I can't remember how long it's been forever what do you think has contributed to him having such success for so long I mean the red side puts off this persona that we we put our heads down and we get to work so I think that's pretty much what's helped him because he he pushes us pretty hard 
I mean, he's got, I think, what, six state champs, I believe. I could be wrong. Yeah, he's, he's got, got a lot. <laughs> something like that. So he knows how to win and change his teams to the right way. So he's a – I think the thing that's helped him us is how he's been able to adjust to different players. Mm-hmm. Because every year, like, so my sophomore year, we had we had a great team. We had a lot of power, and he was the type of guy who's like, all right, I want you guys to double, it's like in the gap, score some runs. And then my senior year, we had a couple guys with power, but we had a lot of our guys with speed, so we put that in. We were we ran at the right times, and he just knows how to play the game and how to coach the game well. So he's just that's what's helped him. He's just a great coach. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, I know watching him from the sidelines, he's a great coach for sure. Yeah, he's a great he's a, he's a great guy to play for. That's awesome. So in high school, you played football and, and baseball. How did one help the other, you know, how did they correlate together? So I played football for about, for exactly one year. And oh, really? I didn't, I didn't I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't play that often. I played basketball more than anything. I played basketball for years. I played football one year and I was on special teams. I was really just a big meathead. So I just go and hit guys. And, but I mean, it was fun. I mean, I broke a couple fingers that year, but I mean, it, it helped me like it like gained a toughness and a, and a respect for football players that I didn't think I had because mm-hmm. they go out there and they grind and they do their job and they're, they're tough. But I mean, it's helped me because like, like I said, I broke a couple fingers and when I'm back there catching, I get beat up pretty well. Yeah, so, you do. Definitely. Definitely helped my mental strength a little bit more than anything. Oh, for sure. So how did you train? You know, I mean, you said you played basketball and then you played one year of football, but how did you go from one sport to another and training for all that basically year round? I mean, I never really thought about that, but I, so I tried to play. So I played baseball from when we started in our practices in January, I tried to make a couple of them during basketball season. And then once basketball was over, I was in triple play every single day, getting ready. And then once baseball season was done, I played, I usually played fall ball for the Legion program. Mm-hmm. So I would do that until basketball hit and I started training for basketball and then the clock would start over. But with bait, with football, I would train for that. And then when I had time, I'd go into triple play and I'd hit and I'd lift. I was lifting a lot. So that helped. And then I just try to make time for it, even though I was in a different sport, but baseball's always had my heart. So I try to figure out how to get better at it. For sure. So are you in favor of multiple sports for kids? Yeah, I think you should play. I think all the way through high school, you should play multiple sports. But as soon as college hits, if you have that option to play multiple sports in college, you can do it. But it's hard. Even just playing one sport in college, it's hard. But I think you should play multiple sports all the way through high school and middle school and not just get stuck to one sport. Yeah, so um, you talked about it, that it's hard to do college sports in general. What's your daily grind like? So my so what my schedule looks like, it depends on the day. So I'm so on Tuesdays and Thursdays, we have lifting for practice. So I'd get up around 10, get some breakfast in. I mean, I wasn't up like, you know, like at eight, most some people are. Our practices were later in the day. So I get there around 12 and then I'd lift and then we'd go eat, get, get something in us. And then we had practice at two to like five thirty six, And then, so I'm at, I'm at the field for about probably around six hours. And then I go back, go back home, get all the homework I need to do. And then I go lift again most nights. And then wow. on the other, on the days that I don't lift before practice, I'll go into like a different, like a hitting facility and get some uh, swings in and get ready for the day. Wow. I mean, 
it's all fun, of course, but oh, a lot yeah, of people don't great. realize that it's a full-time job that you're doing. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. It's it's fun. I mean, it's it's exciting. It's called. It's like exciting to call a job like fun and like you love doing it. So it's not really a job. It's just work, but it's it's great. I love it. Yeah, wouldn't change the world. Definitely. So Adam was. I actually looked this up. A successful catcher, Oral Roberts. Yeah. Um. How much did he help you in preparing for college being a catcher? Oh, he, I mean, he helped me tremendously. Like he put us some drills that I don't think I've ever done at, at my college that were super hard. And he's taught me how to, he's, he's helped me be able to call games behind the plate. So I know how to call pitches. And that's a huge thing as a catcher now. Um, he's helped me just have that mental toughness. To where, like, I get hit in the face, but I'm going to go back and catch nine more innings. And that's a big thing. you got to be tough and be smart. And he's helped me with every single aspect of catching and baseball and hitting and just everything. So he's helped me a ton. That had to be so cool to have a head coach that played your position so he could be, you know, yeah. that guy. I mean, I knew, I knew what I was getting into. Like, if I had a bad game, I knew what he's – I mean, I, I knew what he was expecting every single game. So if I didn't perform, I knew it was a – bad day but not in you that he was gonna get in your face about it <laughs> i mean there's a couple times he's done that but it's helped me yeah it's helped me a ton but he's a great he's a great coach i went and changed for the world that's awesome so what have you learned as a college athlete that you weren't exactly prepared for as a high school player time management is the one thing that's helped me the most because when i was in high school i would just go out through the, through the day and hit and do all this other stuff but it wasn't like in a schedule a routine uh-huh. i have time for things but now that i'm in college now that i have to time manage i'm like i wish i would have done that in high school i'd have been way more set and all the other stuff but then definitely like the juco route is probably the toughest route for any single any any level any sport any level i mean we we don't we don't if we go to we went to the world series last year we didn't fly we had a 15-hour bus ride wow but the one thing that's helped me, though, from playing baseball in Montana to going in Arizona is the bus rides because we don't have a nine-hour bus ride in Arizona. The longest we have is two hours, and everyone's like, yeah. oh, this is terrible. I'm like, hey, go drive to Kalispell. Yeah, go this is easy. <laughs> yeah, go to, go to Lethbridge. <laughs> yeah. That is one great thing about Montana is you definitely get used to the bus and the long rides. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. it's I mean, and those are the best times, too, after winning some baseball games, the bus ride is best. Oh, for sure. And I don't know if you guys had issues with your guys' bus, but the Royals bus broke down so many times last year. Not last year, but the year before. Well, we, they have a new bus because it broke. The Scarlets do. Oh, okay. They, I didn't know if the – I knew the Royals got a new one because theirs broke down too. I didn't know that the Scarlets broke down too. Yeah, they, I don't know what happened with it. I mean, we had it my senior year, but we never really had any problems with it. Actually, take that back. We did. We had a problem with it in Kalispell. It broke. And we had to get rides in the back of like our parents' trucks that were there. They would pack pack our stuff up. We had like, like probably ten guys in the the bed of the truck driving across town to the game. Wow. We had to rent cars. We had to rent cars out of Kalispell because we could get back because the bus broke down. But they got a new wow. one this year, or they had, they had a new one last year. So hopefully that doesn't happen again. Oh, for sure. So my last question is: We've heard your dogs a couple times there in the background. You got it. <laughs> Give us an introduction. What's their names and stuff like that? Tank. Come here. I got Tank and Reese. Come here. Hey, I'll grab a treat real quick for you. 
I got two silver labs. Tank. Right here. Here's Tank. Oh wow, they're pretty. Yeah, come here, Reese. Come on. Come here, Reese. Come on. And then Reese, I don't know if you can see her down here. She's uh she's right there. But they're mom and mom and son. Wow. Tank's yeah, Tank's four now, and then Reese is six. But I want yeah, they're good dogs. They're just loud sometimes. That's awesome. No, that's fine. I just always I love dogs. I have two dogs myself. Yeah, they're, they're, so. they're the best. They're great. They're they're they're, they're great. Yeah, for sure. So actually, I do have one more question. It correlates to your dogs a little bit. Okay. <laughs> so I've seen hunting pictures with your dogs. What is hunting? You know, what do you do for hunting? Is that like a peace thing for you or, you know? Oh, it's everything that you can even describe. Like I, when I come home, so I scheduled my fall to have at least two weeks before I come back to Thanksgiving to where I can come up and hunt and there's other stuff it's it's an adrenaline rush all itself it's a peace thing it's 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 humbling it's probably one of my favorite things to do i mean i love being out there i love being in the mountains i love being out with there's no cell service and i just love being with just in this montana wilderness it's the greatest thing that i could ask for i mean i our back door is probably the prettiest state in the country oh yeah and i love exploring it and it's it's just i have a ton of memories like me like me and dale and chase they were we were hunting partners from when we started hunting until when we were about 14 like i was with chase when i shot my first bear oh wow yeah i was with dale and them we shot we shot in a ton of elk together too and the men and the stories that we have with them too was great from Dale and Jason convincing that Sasquatch was going to come into our cabin when we were 12. <laughs> me and Chase, I remember this story. This is a good one. So me, so we were in this cabin in checkerboard, Montana. It's on the way to white sulfur Springs. It's a, if you blink, you miss it. It's a oh, okay. tiny, little, tiny little deal. But so the cabins, so you rent a cabin and there's two beds and a, a wood fire stove. And Jason, and my dad, and Dale were standing there, and they're telling stories, and we're like, "All right." I mean, you can tell me and Hinkley didn't want to go outside because they're like, "We're twelve; it's dark, and you don't know. <laughs> we don't want to go outside." And my dad and they're like, "Hey, make sure you're careful, Sasquatch. He likes twelve-year-old kids. <laughs> he likes twelve-year-old kids, so be careful." And we're like, "Oh God!" So me and Hinkley, I think me and Chase stayed up till about three in the morning, just laying there. <laughs> hey, Chase, you up? Yeah. And then our dads would wake up, go to bed. It was just, yeah, just, and then we had to be up at five. So we, we got two hours of sleep that night and we went up and shot a couple elk. And I'll never forget that story to the day I die. It's one of the best moments, but no, yeah. Hunting, hunting's a very humbling, hunting, a very humbling deal that you can do. It's, it's great. That's awesome. So do you have a favorite animal that you hunt? Yeah, I, uh, I love shoot, I love hunting bull elk. I've gotten I've got one this year. I got my one of my dream bulls this year actually, and then I shot one when I was thirteen. But there's nothing. They're so they're big. They're agile. They're so hard to find. But once you walk up to them and just the pure size of them, it's just like how how why are they this big and why are they why are they this hard to find? Oh, for sure. And then yeah. also, what's your favorite spot that you've hunted? Oh, 
I've, I've hunted in so many different areas for different things. Probably my favorite place to go would probably be, oh yeah, probably this place we go up towards Roundup. Oh no, Harlow. Cause we, we walk to the top of the pasture right at, right at daybreak. So the sun's rising over, you can see mountain ranges forever. We're on top of the mountain. You can oh, see forever. And it's the prettiest, it's the prettiest view. You can't even capture with a phone. It makes everything look flat, but I try to, but yeah, it's just, it's just pretty. Uh, that's the great thing about Montana is that there's just so many landscapes that are so beautiful. And yeah, I mean, it's so, living here. I've lived here for 20 years and I haven't been to Glacier National Park yet. Like, it's just I so big. I haven't either. And I've been like, like, it, here for 26. So like, everyone asked me, like, have you been to Glacier? I'm like, no. Rarely. Well, I hadn't never... been to Yellowstone until two years ago when I was driving down to Utah. Really? Yeah. Yeah, we don't, we, we, we have a couple friends that are from out of state that they come up here and we'll take them. But that's the only time we go. We don't go there like on a vacation, like just like a Sunday drive. I don't know why we don't, but I mean, we have two gorgeous national parks in our backyard. We don't go there. Right. It's, it's, I mean, crazy, it's isn't a it? good thing about Montana, I guess. I mean, there's some places I've never been. I probably won't ever be. Yeah, but, no, it's crazy. Well, hey, thank you so much, Jaron, for your time. Hey, this thanks morning. for having me, man. Great I talking to you. Hey, have a great rest of your day. You too. Bye-bye. <laughs>